Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark and glad you're joining us again. Welcome if it's your first time. We are going to be focusing on one particular band today and a certain element of their repertoire. This is the band that was led by Fletcher Henderson and Fletcher Henderson was known as the father of swing. Everybody had to have a title, uh, historically based anyway. Uh, His bands dated back to the early 1920s when he was a young uh, piano player in New York. He had been born in 1897 in uh, Cuthbert, South Carolina. He was an academic. He came from an academic family. He was a uh, chemistry student who came to do graduate work in New York in the late 1910s, but uh, found that he could actually make a living as a piano player. And he'd been studying piano uh, with his mother, I believe, was a piano player since his early youth. And uh, he began uh, organizing record dates, leading touring bands occasionally, and doing a lot of odds and ends work that made him a living in New York. By 1923, he was leading his own band in public at the Club Alabama. He later moved on to the Roseland Ballroom, where he stayed for many years. He had enlarged his band to do that. And uh, by the middle to late 1920s, he was considered probably the... uh, forefront of African-American dance music. Uh, His band was considered to be in that forefront. And his sidemen included people like Louis Armstrong, Coleman Hawkins, uh, Tommy Ladnier, uh, Jimmy Harrison, Buster Bailey, all of the best black jazz musicians of the 1920s and stretching into the 30s as well. He continued to be a, a, a trendsetter in uh, the early swing era with his band. Uh, we've done a podcast on that was included people like Red Allen and uh, Ben Webster as well. So take a listen to our earlier podcast. That was the uh, the Decca years, the 1934 Fletcher Henderson band that unfortunately broke up right after those recording sessions. That gave him time, however, to become the staff arranger for Benny Goodman's band. And that was unusual to have a, an African-American arranger on staff of a white band, but it worked out very well. And Goodman, to his credit, uh, always uh, thanked Fletcher Henderson in interviews and, and so forth for the rest of his life as setting the style for his first big band. And that was the really the dawn of the swing era, Benny Goodman's band from about 1935 to 39 or so was really the, 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 the leading swing band of the era and largely due to the arrangements of Fletcher Henderson, many of which the Henderson band had played a few years before. So we're going to jump into the Fletcher Henderson story uh, when he had left uh, the Goodman Band for a couple of years and put another group together, a big band, including some of his earlier stars. They were known as the Christopher Columbus Band because of their hit recording of the tune by uh, Andy Razif and Chewberry called Christopher Columbus. And we're going to start out by playing that recording coming up. So we're going to be focusing, as I said, on this band uh, and its existence from, oh, about 1936 until 1938 or so. And it had a a shifting personnel, but uh, always very fine jazz musicians. So our first two tunes are going to be from their first recording date in Chicago, March 27th of 1936. Henderson had gone out to Chicago earlier in 36 to put a band together to play at the reopening of the Grand Terrace Ballroom, which had uh, been in existence since the late 1920s, uh, was run by the mob, and uh, went out of business in the, a couple of years before this and uh, moved uh, to another location. And it was reopening as kind of a, uh, a swing-era supper club, and they wanted the Henderson 
Zeppelin band to do the shows, to back up the singers and the dancers, as well as to provide dance music. And so Henderson put together quite a fine group. Uh, in the trumpet section, we have Dick Vance, who probably played lead and also did some arranging and some singing as well. Uh, we also have Joe Thomas on trumpet, marvelous Louis Armstrong stylist. We've done a couple of podcasts on him. He, he, you can't say enough about Joe Thomas. But he didn't get too many solos in this band because sitting next to him was Roy Eldridge, known as Little Jazz. And Eldridge had been playing with the uh, Teddy Hill Band uh, and some other groups, the uh, uh, Elmer Snowden Band before that, and uh, had been making a mark in New York City as one of the most exciting young trumpet soloists to come around since Louis Armstrong. So Eldridge plays most of the trumpet solos. He'll even do a vocal along the way. In the trombone section, we have Fernando Arbello and Ed Cuffey. Uh, Buster Bailey plays clarinet and alto sax. I think his participation in this band was kind of uh, around the corners, if you will, because he was starting to play with the uh, John Kirby band not long after that in New York, although they were doing a Chicago residency too simultaneously. So he may have been sitting in for the recording session. We don't know about that. But he does all the clarinet solos. Playing lead alto is Scoops Carey, who uh, later became a lawyer, left the uh, world of music, although he made some excellent recordings in a smaller group under Roy Eldridge's name the next year. In the tenor saxophone section, we have Elmer Williams, who was nicknamed Tone. Uh, he was a straight, almost classical-sounding tenor sax, and we'll hear him playing lead and a couple of very fruity solos along the way. Chew Berry was the main soloist in this band. He was uh, considered probably the up-and-coming... Uh, successor to Coleman Hawkins. Hawkins had played in the Henderson Band until 1934, the spring, and then he'd left for New York, or excuse me, he'd left for Europe, and he stayed in Europe until 1939. Uh, so he was a little bit out of the mainstream of jazz development. When he came back, it turned out he wasn't languishing at all, but there were a number of tenor saxophone players who were trying to claim the, uh, the, the primary spot in jazz, including Chewberry, and Chewberry was probably one of the most original of those tenor players until Lester Young came along. Then we're going to hear in the rhythm section, either Fletcher or Horace Henderson on piano. They switched off, and they both arranged as well. Bob Lessie on guitar, John Kirby on bass, and Sid Catlett on drums. And we're going to start out with Christopher Columbus. This was a song that, um, or a recording rather, that uh, really kind of propelled the Fletcher-Henderson band back to national prominence. And uh, we'll talk about that in a little while. We're going to follow that up with another tune from the same session, Blue Lou. And uh, both of these arrangements were by Horace Henderson, and we're going to hear Horace playing the piano on there. Horace was Fletcher's younger brother and probably uh, a better piano player. Maybe not a better arranger. They were at least equal, I guess you'd have to say. Then from there, we're going to uh, go up about two weeks in April of 1936 and start with one of the three sessions that this band made for Victor. I should mention those first two tunes were for Vocalion. Um, they got a Victor contract, and some of these recordings are very commercially dance-oriented, although there's always some good jazz solos along, but I'm going to take a little selection of these because I've liked these for a long time. Jangled Nerves will be our third tune, and uh, that's a tune that was composed by, we think, Fletcher Henderson and Billy Moore. Um, it might have been arranged by Fletcher Henderson or Russ Morgan. Russ Morgan was a white arranger who uh, had a band and, and worked with a number of other bands, and he specialized in these up-tempo so-called flag wavers. Henderson had recorded a couple of his numbers in 1934, uh, Wild Party and uh, Tidal Wave. Then after that, we're going to uh, go to a nice dance number. Originally, this was a waltz, but it had been transformed into a 4-4 swing tune, and it's called I'll Always Be In Love With You by Harry Ruby and then Green and Stepped. And this uh, is a 
Nice dance band arrangement, arranged by Fletcher Henderson and with him on piano as well. After that, we're going to uh, go to a, uh, a novelty tune, as they say, from that period. Mary Had a Little Lamb, a swing version of that tune. It's listed as traditional, but clearly somebody must have written it. Uh, Roy Eldridge and Chewberry recorded this with the Teddy Wilson band as well. Um, but here, it's the full Fletcher Henderson band. It might be a Dick Vance arrangement here, and it will feature a uh, vocal by uh, Roy Eldridge on this as well. And those are our tunes for our first set. Christopher Columbus, Blue Lou, Jangled Nerves, I'll Always Be In Love With You, and Mary Had A Little Lamb.
little lamb. Now she didn't treat him right. Mary lost a little lamb. Now you better be careful, baby. Mary had a little lamb, but he disappeared tonight. Mary couldn't find a lamb. Oh, you better be careful, baby. You got yourself down. You've been flying high. I ain't saying much, but you turn your lamb great big line. Mary had a little lamb, but she didn't have long. And when Mary lost a lamb, cried for days and days. Now you better mend your ways, or you're gonna be sorry, babe. was the Christopher Columbus Band of Fletcher Henderson. Very good and uh, uh, sort of cutting-edge jazz band, even by 1936-37 standards. Henderson always hired good musicians. He was a good musical talent scout, even if by this point in his career he was not a particularly good band leader. The story goes that he was in a car accident in the late 20s and may have damaged him a little bit neurologically to the point where he... uh, couldn't multitask enough to, 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 to keep the business of a big band at hand. I uh, don't know if that was actually true or not, but um, it's true that his bands were never well managed and discipline was always pretty lax. Although this band, the Christopher Columbus band, seemed to have been a little more together. They could at least play for shows at the Grand Terrace. That, that requires a degree of organization, certainly. Um, the first recording we heard, Christopher Columbus, as I said, was a pretty big hit, and Henderson was told uh, by no less a personage than Duke Ellington that he needed to capitalize on that and get out on the road right away, which Henderson didn't do. He stayed at the Grand Terrace, and that opportunity passed by. So this band never really hit it big, although, as I said, that recording was one of the big hits of that year. Uh, We heard on that recording from March of 1936, Chewberry taking a fantastic tenor sax solo, and he is featured on just about every number we're going to hear for the first set and a half or two sets or so. He was really the the crown jewel of this band, but he got tired after a while of uh, sort of running in place with the Henderson band. He realized it wasn't going anywhere, and he took a job uh, about a year, year and a half later with Cab Calloway and stayed with him until, unfortunately, he died in an auto accident in 1941. But he was one of the real original tenor sax players of the middle to late 1930s. And he is certainly matched by Roy Eldridge, who also played a fantastic 
incisive and very bluesy solo on Christopher Columbus. He was uh, really one of the most um, imitated and, I guess, influential trumpet soloists of the 1930s. Louis Armstrong certainly in the 1920s and uh, into the 1930s, but Eldridge really was the, the guy to beat in the 1930s and, and, and bridge the gap between uh, Armstrong and Dizzy Gillespie in the, in the 1940s. We also heard Fernando Arbello on trombone and Buster Bailey on clarinet, and I erred in saying that Buster Bailey was, uh, at that point, about to play with the John Kirby sextet. They didn't really get themselves together in the classic uh, lineup until about 1938, and of course John Kirby is playing in this band as well. Both Kirby and Bailey had left the Henderson band by oh, the fall of 1936 to return to New York, and they started doing pickup dates as well as playing with other bands, and gradually the John Kirby sextet was formed. And we've done a couple of podcasts on that group and some of the related groups as well. So following Christopher Columbus, we heard Blue Lou, which featured the same soloists in there. We also heard Horace Henderson on piano on both of those numbers. Um... I'm going to omit the other two tunes from that date, Big Chief DeSoto, which I frankly never cared for all that much, and Stealing Apples, not because that's not a great version, but we're going to play a different version of Stealing Apples a little bit later. So then we moved on to I'll Always Be In Love With You, that nice dance tune, and that featured uh, a little bit of Fletcher Henderson on piano, as well as his arrangement, and the soloist as above. And then Jangled Nerves came after that. Actually, I think it was in reverse order. We started with Jangled Nerves, and then went to I'll Always Be In Love, and that featured, uh, as I said, that, that Russ Morgan arrangement, or type of Russ Morgan flag waver arrangement, with the clarinet trio at the end, and uh, that would have ended sets, and probably accompanied a dance as well. And again, and featured all of the above players with special uh, nod to uh, Buster Bailey on clarinet, whose playing on these sessions was a good deal more focused than it often was. He had a, uh, a sound that sometimes didn't record well, but he sounds quite good on these RCA Victor sessions. Then we finished up with Mary Had a Little Lamb, the traditional tune dressed up in swing clothes. I believe it was Roy Eldridge on that vocal. Could have been Dick Vance because he did the arrangement, and uh, there will definitely be a Roy Eldridge vocal coming up in a moment. But we heard um, more good Buster Bailey and some excellent Chew Berry as well on that title. So this band, as I said, was at the Grand Terrace and uh, was a... Was a very good show band, I guess, as well as being a good jazz band. The one uh, sort of evolving part of this group was the saxophone section. There seemed to be quite a bit of in and out on uh, the personnel here. We had, as I said, Scoops Carey playing lead alto. He was not a very good lead alto. I think the evidence would have to show the saxophone section didn't have a really good blend. He was on the first session that produced uh, Blue Lou and Christopher Columbus, and by the next session he was replaced by Omer Simeon, the uh, New Orleans and Chicago clarinet and alto sax player, who was actually just subbing on this date because he was playing lead alto for Earl Hines. He didn't get a chance to do much of anything on there uh, except lead the saxophone section, which did sound a little bit better, but clearly he was just subbing for the recording date. I know um, Garvin Bushell uh, was the lead alto player occasionally uh, in this band, but he had a falling out with Henderson and left, and in his autobiography he said he left uh, without giving notice, and Benny Goodman actually came and sat in and played lead alto on a radio broadcast, so that would be interesting to hear. 
By the third session, which had uh, Mary Had a Little Lamb, we have Jerome Don Pasquale playing alto sax. He was a a very well-schooled musician who'd gone to the Boston Conservatory. He'd made recordings in the late 20s with Doc Cook and his band, and he also had played with that version of the Henderson Band. We did a podcast on the Dixie Stompers that had uh, Pasquale playing both alto and bass sax uh, in some places. He is also on the next session, which we're going to pick up with in our next set. Shoeshine Boy, which was a big hit for Louis Armstrong a couple of years earlier, is here sung by Roy Eldridge, a, um, a Con and Chaplin tune that's arranged, we're told, by L.J. Russell. I don't think that's Louis Russell. I don't know who it is, to be honest. It might be Louis Russell's arrangement for Louis Armstrong that was adapted for this band. That's possible, I suppose. And uh, as I said, this will feature Roy Eldridge on vocal and some excellent trumpet as well. After that, we're going to hear a classic swing arrangement by Fletcher Henderson with a vocal by Dick Vance on a tune called You Can Depend on Me. This uh, utilizes the riffs that were becoming uh, part of practically every swing tune by 1936. This was in August of 1936, but done in a Fletcher Henderson fashion. He could uh, make a riff tune sound musical, which was beyond the possibilities of, of many of the jazz arrangers of this point. So we'll hear that one after that. Then we're going to uh, leave the RCA Victor sides and go back to Vocalion. The Henderson Band started recording for them again in March of 1937 with a slightly different band. We're going to hear uh, Back in Your Own Backyard, which was a tune that was actually a hit for Al Jolson, and he had his name on 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 the music as well, along with Rose and Dreyer, and a very good swing arrangement. No vocal on that, but features a clarinet player who had replaced Buster Bailey. This was a fellow named Jerry Blake. He played clarinet and alto and actually sang in the band as well. We're going to hear the great lead alto player, Hilton Jefferson. So the saxophone section had stabilized considerably with them. Elmer Williams and Chew Berry still on tenor sax. In the rhythm section, along with Fletcher Henderson, we're going to hear uh, Lawrence Lucy on guitar, Israel Crosby, who was a teenager at the time on bass, and Walter Johnson on drums. In the brass section, Dick Vance Russell Smith and Emmett Berry on trumpet. So Roy Eldridge had left at this time to put his own small band together. He had Scoops Carey and quite a few other uh, Henderson alumni in that. We did a podcast on that group as well. Emmett Berry will be taking the trumpet solos. He uh, was a follower uh, of Roy Eldridge, playing the high notes and the the electric uh, solos that we're going to hear coming up. And in the trombone section, we're going to hear George Washington, Ed Cuffey, and J.C. Higginbottom. And Higginbottom uh, is returning to the Henderson Band. He had been with him in the early 30s, and uh, we'll hear him taking the uh, the trombone solos as well. So after Back in Your Own Backyard, we're going to hear a ballad called If You Ever Should Leave. This will give us a sense of the other side of the Henderson band, and we'll feature his singer of the time, who was uh, featured heavily on broadcast, a fellow named Chuck Richards. And um, this song sounds a little bit familiar. It's by Con and Chaplin and has a lot uh, of similarities to the Inkspot song, If I Didn't Care. Uh, I picked this one because it also features Hilton Jefferson playing a lovely melody solo. He could do that like no one else, and so we'll hear that. That's from June of 1937 with a slightly different group. Then we're going to finish up that set with uh, a tune from October of 1937. Uh, We're going to hear Ben Webster on tenor sax. He replaced Chew Berry for the last couple of sessions for Vocalion before he went on to Cab Calloway's band as well. So we're going to hear... 
the Fletcher Henderson arrangement of a great tune called Sing You Sinners that goes back to the 1920s. This is a sort of a faux spiritual, you'd have to say. Uh, it was composed by Fats Waller and Andy Razaf. Uh, no vocal on here, but some excellent playing, including a wonderful clarinet solo by Jerry Blake, who played a very hoarse style, not un, uh, similar or dissimilar to Edmund Hall uh, style on that instrument. But Jerry Blake really had his own thing going here, and he was uh, a welcome addition to the Henderson Band. So in the trumpet section, again, Dick Vance, Russell Smith, and Emmett Berry playing the solos. The trombone section is quite different. Still have Ed Cuffey, but John McConnell and Albert Wynn. Al Wynn was uh, familiar to uh, recording studios and bands of the 1920s, but he was with the Henderson Band at this point as well. And then Jerry Blake, Hilton Jefferson, Elmer Williams, and Chew Berry on saxophones. Lawrence Lucy on guitar. Fletcher Henderson on piano, Israel Crosby on bass, and Pete Suggs plays drums and some vibraphone on here as well, along with Chuck Richards on vocal. So that will be our set this time around. We're going to hear Shine Boy, You Can Depend on Me, Back in Your Own Backyard, If You Ever Should Leave, and Sing You Sinners.
although you say we're through Baby, I'll always love you You know you can depend on me Although someone you've met Has made you forget You know you can depend on me Now I wish you success Loads of happiness Though I must confess I'll be lonely, I'll be lonely It's lonely without you And if you ever need a friend I'll be yours till the end You know you can depend on me
we started out with that set with Shoeshine Boy featuring Roy Eldridge on trumpet and uh, vocal doing sort of a tribute to Louis Armstrong there. He was greatly influenced by Louis Armstrong, although he said in later years that really his uh, method of soloing was derived more from saxophone players, and he specifically stated that the recording of The Stampede by uh, Henderson's band featuring Coleman Hawkins was a big part of his early development as a soloist. After that, we went to um, You Can Depend On Me, as I told you, that riff tune. Uh, that featured Eldridge, as well as Chew Berry and Buster Bailey, and uh, I think Fernando Arbello on that as well. So uh, some great jazz solos on there, and a Dick Vance vocal. Then we went to the Vocalion sides following that. As I said, we had, uh, first of all... Uh, Back in Your Own Backyard, which featured Jerry Blake on clarinet. That's a Fletcher Henderson arrangement. By this point, Horace Henderson had left to go out on his own and had his own band that was making some very fine recordings as well. Um, we heard Emmett Berry on trumpet, because uh, Eldridge has left by that time, along with Chew Berry on tenor sax and J.C. Higginbottom doing any of the trombone solos in there. After that, we heard that nice kind of mid-tempo ballad dance performance of If You Ever Should Leave, featuring Chuck Richards on a vocal, and uh, that certainly had a lot of affinity with uh, If I Didn't Care. I'm not sure which came first, the chicken or the egg on that one, but um, clearly the, uh, somebody had the other tune in mind when writing uh, his tune. And uh, we heard initially some saxophone, uh, almost like a hotel band saxophone section, led by Elmer Williams on tenor sax. As I mentioned, his nickname was Tone. He had played with Chick Webb's early bands, and he played with Henderson and some other groups as well. And he had a very rich tone, um, which we might call fruity today. Uh, and some of his ballad solos and melody solos on the Henderson recordings that we haven't heard uh, sort of almost descend into self-parody. It, it, it really becomes quite... Uh, corny uh, in the Freddie Martin style, uh, like a white tenor uh, dance band. And uh, that was quite a foil to play off of for Chew Berry on tenor sax. And we heard him uh, not on this tune, but certainly on some of the other ones. And we also, as I said, heard Hilton Jefferson play an absolutely beautiful uh, melodic alto solo before the vocal. Following that, we went to uh, the last tune of the set, which was Sing You Sinners, and our very uh, compelling swing arrangement by Fletcher Henderson, and uh, featuring uh, Jerry Blake and Emmett Berry, and I believe Al Wynn on trombone in that case as well, along with Chew Berry. Actually, I take it back, it wasn't Chew Berry, it was Ben Webster. Ben Webster had joined the band in the fall of 1937 and stayed with them until uh, the spring of, uh, possibly the spring of 1938 when he went with Cab Calloway's band, and then a year later he went with, uh, Ellington's band, of course, as well. So that was a good Ben Webster solo at that point, we're going to hear another one coming up. So these are the Christopher Columbus sides by the Fletcher Henderson Orchestra. We're going to hear one more tune from the Vocalions, and this is kind of a curiosity. This was released on Columbia rather than Vocalion, but it was recorded on October 25th of 1937, and it will feature some excellent uh, Ben Webster on here. It is the same arrangement of Steel and Apples that the band had recorded a year and a half earlier for Vocalion, so I'm not sure why it re-recorded it. Um, it's very Virtually the same arrangement. Uh, the only difference is we have Emmett Berry and uh, Ben Webster instead of Roy Eldridge and Chew Berry. So uh, 
we also have some excellent clarinet replacing Buster Bailey. We have Jerry Blake on the last uh, chorus. And this is the same arrangement that Benny Goodman used as well, so we can see the similarities there. So that will be the Fletcher Anderson Band for Vocalion slash Columbia, Stealing Apples. Then we're going to do a little bit of a lanyap for the last uh, four tunes of that set. This is a live date done from the Grand Terrace in July of 1938. Apparently they had a weekly broadcast. The first couple of tunes are from July 11th and the second couple from July 13th, so more than weekly, uh, bi-weekly, I guess. And we're going to hear the classic uh, Henderson arrangement of Down South Camp Meeting that was made famous by Benny Goodman, who was already uh, four years old at that point at least. And then we're going to hear the Bugle Blues. Uh, every band at this period had to have a version of the Bugle Call Rag in the book, and this is Henderson's. I think this sounds similar to the Don Redmond arrangement that we've heard on another podcast, but you can make your own decisions. Count Basie recorded or had an air check of this, almost the same arrangement as well. Then we're going to hear a pop tune by Coots and Gillespie called There's Honey on the Moon Tonight, but a good jazz arrangement of that. And we're going to finish up with the New Orleans standard Panama. This band is a little bit different. We do have Emmett Berry playing the trumpet solos, along with Dick Vance and Russell Smith in the section. Uh, Fred Robinson, Ed Cuffey, and Al Wynn on trombone. I think it's Al Wynn playing the solos. Eddie Bearfield plays lead alto. He'll be doing the clarinet solos. If there are any alto solos, it will be by Bud Johnson, who was uh, uh, on loan for a while, anyway, from the... Um, uh, Earl Hines band. He was to go back with that band a little bit later. Elmer Williams again on tenor and playing the tenor solos was uh, Chicago uh, mainstay Franz Jackson who had played with Hines and also uh, Roy Eldridge and had a very very long career that extended well into his 90s. Fletcher Henderson's on piano, Lawrence Lucy on guitar, Israel Crosby on bass, and Pete Suggs on drums. So those are our tunes for this set. I'm going to go a little over time, but worth it here. Stealing Apples with the Vocalion Band featuring Ben Webster and Jerry Blake. And then from the live versions, or the live dates, Down South Camp Meeting, Bugle Blues, There's Honey on the Moon Tonight, and Panama.
And here is Bugle Blues. of Fletcher Henderson and his orchestra playing from the beautiful New Grand Terrace Cafe on the south side of the city of Chicago. And if you can hear me, comes the end now to the sparkling program with something new, a little bit blue and just a little bit sweet. There's honey on the moon tonight.
Now gather around, all ye lovers of swinging things, because the boys are right in the groove now with Panama. finishes up our Christopher Columbus Band program for the Fletcher Henderson Orchestra. We started out with Stealing Apples, as I said, exactly the same arrangement, or darn near the same arrangement that they had recorded uh, earlier, or a year or so earlier, with the uh, Chewberry and Roy Eldridge Band. Here the solos were played by Emmett Berry on trumpet, Ben Webster on, a, on an early long solo on tenor sax, and Jerry Blake on clarinet. Then we went to those live recordings from July of 1938 and heard four tunes. Down South Camp Meeting, Bugle Blues, There's Honey on the Moon Tonight, and Panama. We heard Eddie Bearfield playing some very good clarinet work in there. Uh, Bud Johnson playing lead alto. We heard Franz Jackson doing the tenor solos. Very, very good tenor soloist. Emmett Berry on trumpet, and I think it was Al Wynn on trombone. We also heard some Fletcher Henderson on piano here and there, especially on Steel and Apples. He did the stride solo at the beginning. He did that on the original recording uh, as well. Actually, I'm not sure he did uh, that on that recording. He did record on the Benny Goodman version of Stealing Apples. The original version of that, he played piano. On the um, original Fletcher Henderson recording from March of 36, he also played piano. So he was an effective stride pianist. In some ways, most uh, commentators have denigrated his piano skills because he was a, a careful, uh, studied piano player, and that didn't 
doesn't fit in our, our, our stereotype of, of stride pianist sometimes, but Henderson was a very good musician. So I hope you've enjoyed this program. You've been listening to The Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. We're going overtime a little bit here, but we have some great music. And hope you've enjoyed Fletcher Henderson and his Christopher Columbus Band. Please consider sponsoring us. Uh, hit that little sponsorship button monthly or one-time sponsor. I'm always looking for new members of the family. So thank you very much, and I'll see you on the other side.